Welcome to the DKH2P Podcast, your hit coverage on the DK Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Don't forget, you can download us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are hosted. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a five-star rating. It helps the whole network out. Well, let's talk about this because we're going to talk about hoops today. We talked about football earlier in the week. You can check that out on the channel, but we got to talk about hoops. And what a time to talk about hoops, right? Because... A lot of people I saw on social media complaining about Pitt getting its game against Syracuse moved up because it's like, oh man, now they got to face Syracuse zone. Oh man, Syracuse, they're you know, and this is in the Carrier Dome. Syracuse only lost one game so far, and it's like, man, why why does Pitt have to do this while they're going to be missing three players due to COVID while Justin Chimpenny's injured? This is unfair. Well, Jeff Capel didn't cry about it. Pitt's players didn't cry about it. And there were some extremely valuable lessons in this win. I'm not here to recap the win. You can read that on the website with DKPittsburghSports.com. I, I covered it. You know, I didn't even recap the win. I just focused on the better parts of that game. But when I see teams growing their nucleus, finding their feet, discovering who they are and how great they can be, you look for defining type of wins in tough situations where their backs were up against the wall and they could have either folded, wildly tried something that failed, or come out cool, calm and collected, give it your best shot, and deliver. And even when you do the cool, calm and collected and give your best shot, you're not always going to deliver because it's sports. Everybody misses on occasion. It happens. But the effort that you saw in an 18-point comeback against Syracuse, 12 points in the last six minutes of play, something also that's never been done by Pitt on the road in the program's history, by the way, the 12-point, six-minute bit. That kind of stuff gets into your players. Remember, these guys are extremely young. They're 18 to 20 years old. Just William Jeffress is 17 years old. He's actually the youngest player since, I think it's... Uh, Brian Darty of uh, since 1982 to start an ACC basketball game, crazy stuff right there. But Jeff Capel is instilling into this team the will to fight regardless of the situation. You don't see them panicking, and he even talked about it early in the season after St. Francis. He he said it, and I wrote about it. I talked about it on this very show. He said he said we panicked. When St. Francis went on a run and we couldn't find our shots, we panicked and we cannot afford to panic. And he talked about the you know how the team responded better against teams like Drexel, against teams like Gardner Webb, against teams like Northwestern. And Northwestern was a was a significant comeback. Granted, Northwestern ain't never been a powerhouse in basketball. There's times they've risen up, there's times that they've done stuff, and they're a they're a power five conference team, but they aren't they aren't Syracuse. They don't got Jim Bayheim. They don't got that 2-3 zone that is notorious for being annoying. And the zone defense has been notorious for giving these Pitt Panthers problems. And it goes back beyond just Jeff Capel's team. Kevin Stallings' teams couldn't figure out the zone either. You got to go back to the to the to the Jason uh, Jamie Dixon days. Jason Dixon, whoa, different different guy entirely. But you get what I'm saying. 
this was everything lined up to be all of the tests, all of the adversity. No Nike Sabande, no John Hugley, who had become, who had been starting to look like Pitt's best big man and one of their most important bench players. No Noah Collier, who had become another important bench player. No Justin Champagne, and you knew that was coming. Not playing a game since December 22nd. Not winning a game since December 16th because of two postponements. And then you got to go on the road with two days' notice to face a Syracuse team that's been feeling it. And then, then Syracuse comes out with an 11-0 run to start the game. But they didn't fold. They had some runs in the in the first half that kept kept them within range. They had a run to start the second half. And then once it started to click for them, once they realized how to beat the zone, move without the ball, then the guy with the ball drive, you're going to attract attention. They can't guard both of you at the same time. That's the whole point of a zone. Draw attention to one space, that clears up another space, and then you use that to attack. And I'd say by like the 10-ish minute, 10, 10-ish minute mark of the second half, Pitt had figured that out. Because it's one thing to coach it. It's one thing to do it. But it's another thing to, to or it's, it's one thing to do it in practice, I say, but it's another thing to actually do it in the game. Because now the other team, this is what they do. They're, they're quick on it. You could, you expect it, and it's different when it's your teammates and your buddies and you're doing it in practice. But when, when the game's on the line and the other team's doing it and you're feeling the frustration because they're stopping what you want to do, you got to adjust to it. And they did that. And not only adjust to that, but adjusted themselves. Like, if Theo Horton came out, they couldn't buy a bucket. He finished the game leading the team with 14 points. He had four three-pointers in this game. Lighten it up. Xavier Johnson, two fouls early in this game. Again, all the things were stacking up to say this was going to be another loss for Pitt that's like, well, that's just what they're going through right now. And Xavier Johnson, he finished with two fouls. He avoided those. And I'll say one was was kind of questionable. The second one was a joke. And you could even see Jeff Capel's face. Like, he starts arguing with the ref, and then he turns around, and he just puts his head down on the on the, 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 the scoreboard side. <laughs> it's just like, he's like, what, 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 what are we doing here? <laughs> but never did you see this team just give up and say, like, and, and it's just like, you know what, screw this. We'll just, we'll just keep passing around the perimeter and just keep shooting threes. And there was a time they did that early on, and then Jeff Capel kept bringing them together. And he's like, hey, let's stick to the plan. And they stuck to it. And then you see Audis Tony, who's, playing extremely well i don't think people are giving enough credit to audis tony right now led the team with 14 boards had 12 points him and xavier johnson both had 12 points johnson led the team with seven assists that's two of your big three right there delivering like they're two of a big three without their big third without their their big third guy and their big third guy is the lebron james of the team again i'm doing the lebron james dwayne wade chris bosh uh, comparison. Chet Penny's the LeBron. I'd say Xavier Johnson's Dwayne Wade, but I, I might start to switch that up because Adis Tony's delivering, man. And he's getting the boards. And then he he, he got the game-winning tip in there. Now, it's not saying that this that they, they have to be able to win games that aren't comebacks. And they've done that against, you know, decent teams, you know, Miami, um, you know, and they, you know, they're going to try and do that moving forward. But the fact that they are coming back from these from these poor starts shows that this team is figuring out ways to win. You think back to how other teams, you, you think back to the Brandon Knight days when they were figuring out and you saw them do it. And this goes to all sports. 
You know, the lessons that are learned, teams got to go through pain. Teams got to go through struggles to start to figure out what it's like to win and what it takes to win and the preparation that goes into it and the, the you know, what it means to hunker down in a big moment in the game. You know, before the Pirates hit 2013 and, 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 made, and made the playoffs, they had 2012. There were several times that you thought that maybe this was the year and then they would hit these walls and they would just have these poor performances and they would learn from them going forward. You know, the Steelers in the early 2000s, when they lost to the AFC Championship game, Joey Porter said he cried about that. And he said that, that was a huge part of what fueled him in 2005, that he was never going to feel that way again. That kind of stuff carries over into this game. Now, granted, this Pitt team is, hasn't been in the position to lose a playoff game. You know, they've been in the ACC tournament because everybody's in the ACC tournament, but they haven't had those expectations crushed when they're in a big situation. But they have tasted disappointment. They have tasted losing, and they're tired of it. And you're seeing a team that has a few veterans and a lot of new guys on it. Noah Collier, William Jeffress, John Hugley. Um, I mean, if even Theo Horton, I mean, he was around the team last year, but he didn't play. Nike Sabande, the transfer. Femi Odakali, who also played a good game in this one. These guys are all learning what it means to be a Pitt Panther right now. And especially Odakale, Collier, Hugley. Jeffress, that crew, they're probably going to be here for quite some time. And they're lear- and so these are the guys that, that you need to see developing. And the fact that Jeff, Jeff Capel is instilling this kind of fight, this kind of not quitting attitude, and, fu- and figuring out, like, this is how we resolve this situation. They're beating us this way, we adjust. We, we attack that way. That kind of stuff it leads to more victories down the line. I really think Jeff Capel's building something special here at Pitt. And I know people were, were excited to say that before, before we had evidence, but these type of wins, Northwestern and now Syracuse, both on the road, mind you, these type of wins build character. They build they um, they built trust among the teammates that just they could. And Jeff Capel, I think it was Audis Tony after the game. He said that Coach Capel told us this is just like Northwestern at like the five minute mark. He said, "See, their their lead's been dwindled. We're hacking away at it. Stick to it. It's just like Northwestern." Now the players can look at each other and say, "This is just like Syracuse on the road in the Carrier Dome," which was even more weird to see it empty because of COVID than it is to see it normally half filled because it's a football arena made into a basketball arena, which is still weird to me, but. All things aside, you got to like what you saw from that and that fight. There were some, some other things I liked about that, but it was, wasn't things on the court. It was things off the court. And it's something that excites me to be able to cover this team and see how, the, how they bounce back. This gentleman returns to the team. You know what I'm talking about, Justin Champagne. What happened with that? We'll be talking about that right after this break. H2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. So, as I was alluding to, Justin Champagne is still making his presence felt even when he's not playing in this game. And a few things illuminated that even more than before. One, Jeff Capel mentioned it at halftime when we asked him 
you know, after the game, like, what did you say at halftime to get to get them to snap out of it? Because Pitt was down, I think, 14 at the half. And he said, you know, we talked about sticking to our game plan, but he said that after he dismissed the guys and they started to get ready to get together, he said Justin Champagny went and grabbed over a bunch of them and started went, went to the whiteboard and started drawing stuff up and was, like, talking about how to beat the zone, how to beat the zone. And what's crazy, again, about that win is that Justin Champagny's built to beat the zone. He gets rebounds. He hits the shots. He drives. He's got size. He does. He has all the elements that helps you snap a zone in half, and yet can't use him, and that's frustrating. But what was he doing? He was talking to his teammates, and Jeff Capel said he didn't even intervene. He just he just watched him. He was like, okay, let the young man teach. That guy's a sophomore, by the way. And Audis Tony, Xavier Johnson, both said, yeah, he was he was helping us, being a leader on the sidelines. Ethel Horton talked about it on Packer and Durham earlier today. And you gotta like you gotta like hearing that kind of stuff, but I think it's even more important to the other players that see like, hey, that's what it's like to be a leader. That's what it's like to be the big dog on the team. Even when you down, even when you're not supposed to be doing nothing, you're supposed to be taking it easy. He's out there coaching you guys. And you saw him on the bench during the game. You saw him talking to, to the players, engaged in the game, you know, having an investment in what happened. This guy had back-to-back 2020 games. He was getting mentioned in the same sentence as Blake Griffin just a couple weeks ago. And people were fawning over him. And, you know, talking about maybe he deserves to get drafted right now in the NBA. If he let all that go to his head, he could be like, I don't need to help this team. I just need to secure me, my spot. Do that. Just get my numbers and I'm good. It's obvious he's not bought into that, at least yet. Because he's there working with the team. And then Ithiel Horton on the same Packer and Durham show, he's talking about how Justin Tampini's already dunking in practice. And mind you, it wasn't like reckless dunking. Apparently the doctor was approving of it. It was part of just evaluating him. But it seems like he's ahead of schedule. And Jeff Cable made it clear they're not going to rush Justin Champagne because they know, you know, if anything we've seen out of Jeff Cable, he cares about his players. He cares about his players the way you hear Mike Tomlin care about his players, like how Ryan Clark talked about how he wanted to play against Denver in the Tim Tebow playoff game, and Mike Tomlin told him no because if you were my son, I wouldn't let you play with sickle cell knowing what what that's done to you in the past. And Jeff Capel seems to display those type of qualities in a coach that cares about his players like he cares about them like these are kids, like they're his kids. The way you hear him defend them and talk about not just his players, but all players going through COVID right now. You don't hear everybody talking about that. And then you hear other coaches trying to make snide remarks like, well, he's just saying that because they're not good right now. He takes those jokes out. He's like, this is serious. And then you the way he talked about Justin Champagne, he's like, you know what? We're probably not going to, uh, we're probably not, you know, we're not going to rush him. Now, there wasn't a problem in there. He said, you know, we're not going to rush this guy. We're going to let him recover. And originally the diagnosis was six to eight weeks. So I guess we're what we're in week two, week three of that six to eight weeks. So I mean we're we're looking at by maybe this time next month, maybe Justin Champagne's back. And but then again, that's right around the time when the ACC tournament's gonna gonna start. You know, everyone's gonna be looking at that like, okay, that's coming around the corner. But I I look at it as as. The team, you think about these other players, the William Jeffersons, the, the John Hugleys, the, the Femi Udakales, all the freshmen that are learning what it's like to be part of this program. And they're seeing Justin Champagne go through this, a serious knee injury that took him out for potentially two months. 
and he's not letting it keep him down. He's not letting it, you know, he's, he's, he's setting this attitude that they're going to think back on. It all goes back to what Jeff Capel was saying when he did the whole, you know, the, the, the cool metaphor of the building the wall with the bricks and that he wanted the players to write something on the bricks and that would go into the wall and that was, you know, showing that they were going to build something special at Pitt. And there were so many people like, man, that's cheesy, that's corny, that doesn't do anything. And it's like, okay, yeah, he's, yes, yes, it's visual and it doesn't actually accomplish things on the, on, on the court, but it puts... It, help, it, put, it continues to put, put something into the players' minds. It gives them something to visualize. It helps them understand that, hey, there's something to be proud of here. And stuff like that, when you see that then carry over onto the court, when you see a team improve against the zone, when you see a team win without missing, they were missing four scholarship players in that game. You see growth you see and then then those young players they can look at that and say like yo there's something about that wall you know my, my old man he, he coached at peabody high school uh, he coached football there and you know there was this hill that you had to run up at the end of train at the end of training camp every year and that was something that was a source of pride and at the end of the at the end of this the, the last day of training camp the seniors would all go run that hill again and i'm sure if you're a high, if you played high school sports you probably had something similar like you know you probably hated that hill you probably hated whatever workout you had to do but you did it one last time before you think because that was the tradition of it and there was a culture to it and that's the stuff that capel's bringing there and i think champenny is championing aha you saw what i did there but champenny is championing those causes for capel and for his teammates and setting a tone that's going that could last this team for quite some time. And again, the fact that in that game, the coach and the players were all like, that dude was helping us figure it out. I think that speaks a lot to what this guy is. To who this guy is, excuse me. That kind of leadership. Imagine what it could be like when he gets back. Say Pitt is in the contention in the ACC. Say there, you know, we're getting close to the ACC tournament and Pitt hasn't faded away. And, I mean, when was the last time we said Pitt was in contention in the ACC? I mean, it's been a while. But when you look at where Pitt could be right now, they're 2-1 two, they're, they're, they're two and one in the conference, beat Miami, lost to Louisville, beat Syracuse. You know, Louisville's at the top right now at 3-0. and So Pitt ranks what? I think six technically right now. They're tied with Georgia Tech at 2-1 and in the conference. Uh, a 6-2 uh, a and two record overall. You look at that and you say, imagine if Pitt's still hovering right around that space, around 6th, 7th, 8th in the conference, going into the conference tournament, and you get Champagny back a couple games before the tournament. And then you're saying, oh, man. This, this could actually be really good because then Pitt starts, you know, it, you don't want him to come back in the middle of the tournament and then, you know, having to adjust to having him on the court because there, there is chemistry involved and there's going to be chemistry that develops there. Mind you, the ACC tournament will be in like early March right now. Mid-March maybe. You know, or March 9th to 13th, but we, we all know that COVID could change a lot of stuff there. But he comes back in February, has a couple weeks to work with the team. They figured out ways to win. 
and they get a couple big wins like that, you you may be talking about this team being seriously competitive this year. Now let's not get ahead of ourselves. We still got to see how this team plays. You know, they, they they've overcome adversity a few times. That's exciting. But I mean, everything's changing. I mean, as I'm literally recording this right now, we get the announcement that Florida State's you know, the Pitt Florida State game this Saturday has been postponed. It was supposed to be Saturday. Now we don't know when this is going to be. That's three postponed games for Pitt right now. Now we don't know when they're going to play Duke, Notre Dame, or Florida State. And their game against Georgia Tech got pushed back a day. So I really see this as you look at a game like Syracuse, and again, you figure you learn that you're playing this game on Monday and the game's on Wednesday. You really get a day to practice. You don't have your best player, but he is practicing with you. He's dunking the ball apparently, and he's talking to your players and working with you guys. And that's your response to adversity is that your 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 leader is being a leader still. I think Pitt can handle this. This might be a huge year for Champagny as a leader. I get. I still don't think he's ready for the draft. He needs to stick back another year and keep going with Pitt. But if you see him leading this team in February and they're making a serious ACC push into the into the ACC tournament March 9th to the 13th and they're doing damage and they're battling with the with the blue bloods in the, in the, in the ACC that could change a lot about this program. And again, you're going to he's going to be his leadership is going to reflect upon to these freshmen and these and these younger guys that are going to be carrying the program after he's done. I really think Champagny, he's got some championship swagger to him. We'll see how that carries over. But that's today's episode of the DKHTP podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, there's a lot of updates coming your way. Stay tuned on the Pit Live Wire right on DKPittsburghSports.com with all the updates. Uh, literally, I had to update it in the middle of this show. So pretty crazy stuff there. But we hope you're enjoying it. Join us tomorrow. We have Mike's Happy Hour uh, returning at 5.30 tomorrow on Friday. So check that out. We'll be live answering your questions there. It's going to be a great time. See you then. At Point Park University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.